Thursday, August 3rd, Sleepers Podcast returns. Carter's in a good mood today, as you can hear. Oh, of course. Honestly, I'm really starting to get like in the good good little groove here, I guess. Uh, I'm not a morning person, for people who don't know. Like, dangerously, dangerously not a morning person. So, I'm starting to get in a little groove right here, kind of like this. Yeah, it's why you and I work well together as a pair for like road trips is because neither of us have intentions to do anything in the morning and we complement each other well in that. Yeah. <laughs> like it'd be a problem if one of us was like pushing to like, we got to get on the road. We got to do some stuff. And you and I would be in West Lafayette needing to go to Bloomington the next day. Just like, oh, yeah, we can get out by like 1 p.m. It's OK. It'll be all right. But yeah, you have hit a rhythm. You uh, you have moved from very often saying we're going to record at nine to getting a text from you at like nine, ten. That's like beyond in five or like just good, just about to shower to yeah. now I get at eight fifty eight every day. Coffee. It's, then it's, on. It's, it's getting it's getting a lot better, folks. It might move towards like eight thirty. Like I'm on just waiting. So just, just wait until you get fruit and you run a mile before eight thirty. That's when you really know you're in a rhythm. Crazy. Ooh. Crazy life we live. Uh, crazy day yesterday. Again, another good day on the channel. Appreciate everybody. The support has been big time this week. We can feel the love. And uh, I think our episodes are getting better too, just selfishly from my perspective. I think uh, we found a rhythm just like Carter has in the mornings. We found a rhythm with this very show. We got 40 comments today. We're going to read them all, Cart, because that's what we do. Blue Collar Podcast. Here we go. Uh, and then after this, we have some exciting topics I'm really excited to talk about today. Kansas got a big pickup, one that we talked about a couple weeks ago. Uh, there's a bunch of videos flying around from Illinois basketball as they head to Spain today. Brad Underwood was interviewed, and we have more visual clips of what these players look like than ever before. Of course, we have to talk about that. And uh, the best player in high school basketball is cooking Bradley Beal, apparently. And that's hilarious. So all three of those will come later in the show. But first... 40 comments, starting with Duran Jarvis, 8630, says Kentucky offense looks way more fluid already the past two seasons. It's been throw the ball to Oscar. That's why the offense got stagnant more often than not. This team will be a more modern offensive team, more threes stretching the floor for the guards have room to dribble drive. You like that, Cart? I do like that, but it pains me deep inside because... You know, it always seems to come back to the big man. People want to blame the big man for not being a part of the modern game. Oscar, National Player of the Year, not good enough. You know, Edie, National Player of the Year, he's just not good enough because he stalls us out. He's not modern enough. That narrative irks me a little bit, but I guess it's somewhat somewhat true. But let's just let's just say, though, that, you know, it's not always greener. The grass ain't always greener on the other side, okay? Losing an All-American type guy. Is not always the best move. And shit, even Illinois fans with the whole we lose Kofi, we're better now type thing. Like sometimes that stuff hurts me. It's not a good thing to not have a national player of the year anymore. I, I rather have one, me personally. I don't know. I'm, I might be an alien, but that's hey, what I rather have. Hey, to each their own. Uh, yeah, I, I'm buying in general like this is good for Kentucky. They're going to have shot blocking and shooting from the front court position for the first time in a long time. But I do think Cart's right. It's hilarious. That no matter, I think it's big men and guards. I don't think it's just big men, but whoever the problem is, like the problem always becomes a player that's leaving with every team. Uh, ask North Carolina fans, right? Ask Michigan fans right now. Anyone will point to whoever the problem is, and it's somebody that's walking out the door. Uh, it's not always true. 
Guys are good basketball players, even if they come with some downsides. Shibwe was definitely that. Michael Mann, 2171, says, appreciate the effort, fellas. Love the show and look forward to it every day. Michael, thank you for that dose of positivity. We love you, my friend. It's always good to see your name in the comment section. Steve Dunn, 5353, says, hey, guys. First, I've basically been waiting for this show's format to become a thing since forever. So thank you very much. Thank you, Steve. That means a lot. I've always been curious as to what Tom Izzo's true feelings are towards Coach Cal and UK's program. Any insight? Uh, I don't have any insight on that, to be honest. But I truly think that Izzo is one of those coaches, at least to me, doesn't really have like, I don't know, actual, you know, beef inside with like any coach, at least not a beef to a certain point where it's like, I know some coaches actually despise each other. And, like, we can tell, like, we've been in settings where coaches have been in the same area, the same spots, and, like, they won't even make eye contact, head nod, like, even fake handshake type thing. I don't really know if Izzo has that as a coaching counterpoint. I feel like he respects Coach Cal. Yeah, I think Izzo's more of, like, a greats, respect greats guy than anything. Yeah. I think uh, from my dealings with Tom, which it's been a while, but, like, I, I did go to high school with his kids and was around that social circle a little bit. Um, from my dealings of just seeing him behind the scenes, I think he's a guy who like in private would make jokes at some of those guys expense. Like he doesn't like the way guys do things. So he'd joke about like Cal dropping the bag or he'd joke about things like that. But in reality, like he really respects, I think any of the great coaches and what they've done. Like he respected coach K. I think he really respects Cal. So, um, now if you coach at Michigan, there is no respect. <laughs> However, he did cross that threshold with John Beeline. It just took him like 10 years to get there. Once he realized that Beeline was actually like a great, then he was like, okay, this is great for the rivalry. And I'm going to talk about how I hate you, but I also really like you. So, you don't think he respects Juwan? No. Mm. No, I don't. I think Juwan's done a lot to deserve a lack of respect from Tom Izzo also, to be honest. But um oh. Yeah, that's that's my personal insight. Maybe I'm wrong on that. Who knows? Nate Rhodes, 5397 says, hey, guys, new to listening and love the show. Thanks for being here. I'm curious as to when both of you think the Big Ten will bring home a March Madness National Championship. It's been 23 years since the Big Ten team won it. Hashtag go green. We've had seven opportunities since then. I'm convinced Michigan should have a banner from 2013 if the refs call a clean block instead of a foul on Trey Burke. So when will the Big Ten hoist another championship banner? First of all, Nate, it takes a lot of of stuff from you as a Michigan State fan to say Michigan should have had a banner in 2013 and the block was clean. I appreciate that, my friend. Uh, I don't know when they're going to have a banner card. It seems like it's kind of far away, given the current state of the Big Ten. I don't know, because I, I went on record, I think, a couple episodes. or Actually, it was, it was a good amount of time ago that I think it would be within the next three to five years is that the Big Ten is going to get one. And, you know, yes, I am banking that some things go some ways for Michigan State and that they maybe are one of those teams that has a chance to do it. But I think that, you know, with the addition also of other teams being added to the Big Ten, that'll give us, you know, obviously more of a chance. I like USC. I think they're, you know, they have the means to be a good basketball team. Be crazy if they won a national championship. Just thinking about that in my head, USC won a national basketball championship. But, I truly think that the Big Ten is going to get over that hump and it's going to be like in the next three to five years. I think stepping back broadly with like, can this team win a national championship to me? It's more about the coach than anything, or it's just like how how the coach runs the program. Like 
the Big Ten 10 years ago, I I think it had six different programs that could have won a title. Like you could have told me Beeline was going to do it. You could have told me uh, Thad Mata was going to do it at Ohio State. You could have told me Bo Ryan was going to do it at Wisconsin. Like mm-hmm. all of those guys I'm in, I'm buying. Right now, it doesn't necessarily feel that way. Like I, I think Izzo has to be the hope. It's hard to say that Painter could do it as much as I love Purdue. Like he needs to get there. You also think there's going to be a coaching changing of the guard coming like in the next three to five years as they well? They need like, some star like the, like the selves are going to be gone. And, you know. Yeah. I don't know, though. It's just like like whenever self leaves, like they're going to get another stud blue blood type coach in. Right. And like Cal's going to leave, but Kentucky's going to do this. Like I'm just looking at the Big Ten. Like Greg Gard's going to be here for forever. Greg Gard's not winning a national title. Kevin Willard, who knows how long he's going to be at Maryland. They'll be good. He's never going to win a national title. Like uh, may, the, the best argument you can make for the Big Ten for me outside of Tom Izzo is like, can you talk yourself into Mike Woodson or Jawan Howard figuring it out? Maybe they just have I like a, my, I talk myself in the Holtman before that. See, that's and I love Chris Holtman. Don't get me wrong. Like, I love everything he's doing at Ohio State. I think he has a long way to go to be like that guy's going to win national titles. So, but doesn't it only take one run for you to be convinced that that guy can get it done? Like for a national title, like Hurley did it this year with UConn. It just took that one run. It's true. I mean, it can all change in a year. I think. Um, but I, I think the profiles of the guys these teams recruit to me, like Greg Gard doesn't recruit players that are going to be good enough for one run. Like Kevin Willard, maybe, I don't know. Holtman definitely recruits good enough. Yes. Yeah, okay. So that's where you're coming. Like with the, you know, Woodson. Yeah. It's like, as, like, much, as much shit as we do give Woodson, as far as recruiting wise, like he gets guys that I think can yeah. be talent enough to win it. I just don't have faith in him personally that he can put it together. Yeah. Wood, Woodson and Painter to me have had rosters that could have made a national title game. Honestly, Joan Howard has that that team with Livers probably would have had a really good shot at making a national championship game if Livers wasn't hurt and Brandon Johns was starting. So uh, we'll see. Long way to go. I would not say it happens in the next five years, though. If that's the bar I'm taking outside of the five year span. Uh, Kregel Kregel buckets says uh, need to see you guys play in a Gus Macker this summer. That would be fun. Yeah, have you played in a Gus Macker? Before? I've never played in a Macker. I've always wanted to. Okay. Yeah, I played in two before. It's an interesting, interesting uh, basketball for sure. But I kind of, it kind of like it. I, it's not. Mackers aren't uh, very big man friendly. Let's just say. <laughs> See, I, I always assumed they're not uh, shooter friendly because I hate playing outside. Well, I guess the the elements do kind of play a factor, but it's like it's just the courts clogged. Like you yeah. know, it's it's tough to do. But guys, one quick macker story here. My very first macker I played with Zach Hurd uh, and some other teammates at Albion, Eric Evans and Lucas Marble for you know the Albion folks out there. And we weren't supposed to have a game early in the morning, so we were in Ludington and we had ourselves a night at some bar with sharks in a fishbowl or something. Our game got moved to nine. Unfortunately, 2015, 2016, Carter, he was still inebriated at his three-on-three game. And I put on a clinic. <laughs> and as I mean, the shot selection was terrible. And Zach Hurst can, you know, vouch for me on this. He actually sat out the game with a groin injury. Uh, but I was special. Okay. And I had the crowd involved at 9 a.m. It was, it was a it was a moment. I think if drunk hoops were a thing. 
you would be a first round pick. And I, I think I would be up there, honestly, too, yeah. <laughs> from uh, my one experience hooping against you when I was drunk. Um, yeah, I Macker would be fun. I have one quick outside basketball story. It wasn't Macker, but the highlight of my basketball playing career is that I won a three-on-three tournament at court one in Lansing, like a bracketed tournament on a weekend. And in the championship game, the team that I beat was Denzel Valentine, Bryn Forbes, and Anthony Clements, a.k.a. Sad. What was this? Uh, this was my junior year of high school at court oh, one. So they were me, Roby, and I think Zach was playing with us. Me, Roby, Z. Yeah, against – uh, yeah. Big, big moment. They were pissed too because their dad, uh, Coach V, was running everything, and he had to like announce us as winners on the microphone. It was hilarious. It was fun. It probably like motivated them to be better going into that. They want to stay champions hey. next year. Went to Michigan State. Like did all that. You we catch it. You catch an elbow and an L from Roby. That'll change your work ethic real quick. Uh, Spartan Marinelli 87.5 says Greg doesn't seem to understand that these players get better year to year getting a top player to come back in the portal era is huge and it makes your team better Duh. Uh, yeah I mean it does I'm definitely not arguing that it doesn't make the team better to get your players back but um, again I if your plan A was just get your players back then I would evaluate your offseason based on you getting the players back. These teams that got players back that also whiffed on their plan A is what I'm evaluating them on. That's the difference. Brian Perry, 3025, says what may be the best offseason move was adding two new assistants, mostly John Welch from the NBA to assist with the X's knows that Cal has been needing. This could improve the team over the next five years. Plus, versus one player that may be gone next year, that should factor into the grade. Uh, yeah, I think they did a good job with the staff. I'll just say that. I think you probably yeah. feel the same. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, because I think the one thing, and I don't, it it gets a little overblown to me. I think it's more of a funny narrative, but like Cal, like running the same stuff that he's always run his whole coaching career. Yes, there is some truth to it. So, you know, with the addition of guys that do like Exodus and all stuff, I think that, you know, obviously that'll help. Yeah, I I do just want to say I think the the offensive stuff gets a little overblown with Cal. Um, I don't think he's a great X's and O's guy by any means, but like they were 17th in the country offensively last yeah. year and we're acting like the dude can't coach offense at all. People like, love to use that. Like X's and O's is one of those like I don't know coaching buzzwords. Oh, great coach, great recruiter. Is he a good X's and O's guy? Yeah, like it's uh, I don't know. I feel like it's a fallback plan too much. Uh, it, there is some truth to it, but I feel like it gets overblown a little bit too much. Yeah. Scott Gregory 8015 says if makes Kentucky way more dangerous than had it succeeded getting Dickinson. It's rare to fail and rebound with an even better option, but that's what Cal did. Avisic may be the best big man prospect in college basketball this year. That's what Kentucky got in the 12th hour. I think you're right. He may be the best prospect. He's not a better college basketball player than Hunter Dickinson, though. Yeah, I was gonna. Yeah, I was gonna say that. The the difference is here is that you know what you're getting with Hunter. Like, as much as we're excited about a visage and what he could do at Kentucky, he does have a floor, and his yeah. floor is not Hunter Dickinson's floor. Yeah, and I just from experience here, uh, as someone who again, there's a lot of benefits to not having Hunter on your team. I'm kind of excited about that your team would have been better with Hunter. Like you, your, your team would have been a no brainer top two, three team in the country. In my opinion, if Hunter was your center, Andy Grickman says new to your podcast, love your format and content. Thank you, Andy. We appreciate you being here. 
Tanner Hessling says, couple of hot takes for the upcoming college basketball season. First, Colorado finishes in the top 10 at the end of the year. Give me a quick one to five stars on that, Carter. One star being horrible, five stars meaning sure. Uh, Honestly, four stars. I, they got some guys. They got some NBA talent on that team, and they got some older guys coming back. I'm like in on Colorado, honestly. Good start, Tanner. Number two, Quincy Garrier is Brady Manic light for Illinois, and they finally make the Elite Eight. I'll talk about Quincy Garrier later in the episode. <laughs> three, Terrace Reed becomes a monster at Michigan. Five, five-star take. I think that's good, too. Tanner, a couple good takes from you today, and a third that we will address later in the show. Reese Williams, 91, says, what do you guys think is a fair punishment for last place in a fantasy football league? Did you see the guy who had to take seven consecutive flights? Yeah, that's crazy. Did he have to pay for seven consecutive flights? I assume so, yeah. Um, I just wouldn't do the league if that was on the table. Yeah, no, like, there's no... But also, you're like a fantasy football like connoisseur. Like, you don't... Call, you, have you ever come last in a fantasy football league? I don't come in last. No, I don't. Not in, not in football. Fantasy basketball is different because I check out. Daily lineups is too much, but... Um, yeah, I'm pretty good at fantasy football. Not that that's something to be proud of being good at, but it's a it's a revenue stream for the Wattel family lately. Yeah. I think I've always liked the pancakes one, which we did with you one time. Pretty much, we said you had to eat a pancake for every point that uh, what UCLA beat Gonzaga by. Yeah, I think so. Or they no uh, that Gonzaga didn't beat UCLA by. I said they yeah. were going to beat them by ten, and they only won by what like three. Yeah. Yeah, to eat like 40 pancakes. Shout out to Kodiak Cakes. We have it all on camera. Protein pancakes. (laughs) Just an awful decision. I love protein pancakes, but if you're trying to throw back 40 of them, yeah. I didn't eat for a couple days after that. It was a top three night in Sleeper's history. I think we need need something new that's like that. Like, it's just, you got to go somewhere and do something that's not horrible, but it's annoying, and you're stuck there for 12 hours unless you power through. Those are the good good takes to me. Um, Okay. Jacob Anderson, 1810 says, in your opinions, what are the top five home court advantages in the big 10? I'm excited for your answer on this one. Uh, Mackie's one. Mackie's one, hundred percent. Maybe a sleeper pick is Cole center two, just because it's such a weird place. Like it's like, it's weird. It's a weird environment, weird weird. place. It's kind of chilly in there. I don't know. It's just a, the vibe is just off where I feel like it's, it's hard to hoop. It gets like that. 8 a.m. AAU game feeling that like maybe you don't want to be there. I can say this as as a Caucasian man that went into battle with an African-American man. I did not feel welcome in the Cole Center, and I can see how that would apply to being an opposing player as well. Uh, It was I don't think we saw Cole at its strongest, though. Yeah, true. Um, I'll go Breslin three, uh, Indiana four and five. I don't know why I feel like I'm missing one. Illinois. Uh, yeah, I'll go five Illinois. I would go Mackey's the clear one. I would go Assembly Hall Bloomington two. I think the Breslin's three, but we haven't we haven't really experienced the Breslin in like an intimidating way because of where they stick their media. Like I almost yeah, want to just go as a fan again and remember what it's like. Um well, hey, Bloomington was I didn't, I, didn't under, I didn't understand what blew me. I, you know, the whole Indiana basketball means more down here. I did not understand that. That's crazy. Bloomington was my second favorite trip, I think, because that it was so different going to Assembly Hall than going to any of the other gyms. Yeah, like and town included too. Like yeah. downtown Bloomington on game day for 
for basketball games. Yeah. Also, Sean Miller destroyed our morale that afternoon. I'm still, it still eats me up about it. Uh, good question, though. Thank you uh, to Jacob for that question. Clayton, our boy, says one last question. If Michigan miss, wait, I we, I'm sorry, I spun this around because I'm reading it in order on the YouTube. We got to read his last question last. Let's do his first question first. He says, "Thanks for the shout out. Love the daily pods. Keep up the great work. We will, Clayton. Thank you." I know you both have expressed opinions on Dre Lawhorn for the Illini. Just curious on your take of Hansberry. I think he's flying under the radar and may surprise people next year. What do you like about Hansberry? I like Hansberry, but I just don't know where his minutes come from necessarily. Like, I think with Coleman still in the fold, you know, obviously Dane too as well, and then Damask and Guerrier. I mean, I don't really don't know. From what I've seen from him, I don't know if he can play three. So basically, he's got to find a way to kind of play either undersized you know, five or the four position talents there, but I just don't know where his minutes are necessarily going to come from. I think he emerges, um, maybe not like from day one, but I think by the end of year one, I think he is a serious contributor for Illinois. In the front is, court. Am, I'm not making mistakes. Is he six, nine? Um, I was going to say six, eight for some reason, is but he, I might be, okay. I might be wrong. I might okay. be wrong. All right. Yeah. So like maybe he's got to be in that. Three. I mean, I don't know. I, I haven't seen enough to be like that, that guy can be a three. He just strikes me as a straight college four. I wouldn't play him at the three. I think he's just an undersized big, but yeah. a good one. But um, in my head, even if he's six eleven, in my head, he's six eight. So run with that. Uh, second question from Clayton. Last question. If Michigan misses the NCAA attorney this year, is Howard's job in jeopardy or is he safe for another season? It all depends on what the young guys look like. I've, I've said this a couple of times. Like, I, I don't think this is a Jawan needs to do any accomplishment to save his job season. I think that would come next year if they missed the tournament. It's more about like, is Doug McDaniel developing? And is he going to be here for two more years? Is Terrace Reed developing? Is Namari Burnett a piece? Like if those three look good, even if this is another bad year and you have that three as a core, I think as long as you feel good about them and they feel good about Michigan and they come back, it's still Juwan's job. If he wants it, the question is, does he want it? I'm skeptical Juwan Howard wants to be in Ann Arbor a calendar year from now. So if they miss the, if they miss the tournament this year, he's gone. If he's gone and they miss the tournament, or they don't miss if he's gone, I think it's him leaving. I don't think it's he's getting fired. I think he just leaves. Really? Okay. That's yeah. my stance. I, I I just don't see a world where y'all miss the tournament this year and like Doug and Terrace don't look for other options. Yeah. I don't know that that's true. I don't know that's missing, true. Two straight years missing a tournament? At that point, they don't know what it's like to be in the tournament. Like, And it's uh, uh, those two guys just want to be the face of the team. Doug and Terrace are both going to get 30 minutes this year. If they're good, it's because of them. If they're bad, it's because of them. They got to own that, not run from it. We'll see. Uh, Steven Pearsall says, Illinois fan here who has rational expectations for next season. Question for body language expert Greg. What should we be looking or when should we be looking for teammate fatigue this season? <laughs> A, the preseason trip to Spain. B, tough non-conference game at Tennessee. C, road game at Penn State. D, sleeper's trip to Champaign. Um, I think... The greatest comment ever, just you being referred to as the body language. So the, the key word here is fatigue, because fatigue means some of the public praise and happy teammate behavior starts to get a little tiresome and starts to dissipate, Right. If you'll notice right now, we are in peak everybody gassing each other up mode. We got Ty Rogers giving long comments about Dre Gibbs Lawhorn and Dre like publicly commenting. Hell yeah. We got Terrence Shannon 
quote tweeting and saying Luke Goody is the best shooter in the Big Ten right now. Hell yeah. Like th- this whole team is in you got this buddy mode to each other. I think that wears off about five games into the season. I don't know when the non-conference game at Tennessee is, but I think I think all that positivity stuff starts to go down when certain guys realize they're not starters on this team. Certain guys realize they're only playing 10 minutes because the freshman is actually playing 30 minutes and taking all the shots. Um, so yeah, I would, I would say midway through non-conference. And then I think there will be an inciting incident, much like there was last year when we had the walk out of the Texas game after the magical win and a certain person had his head down. I think there will be an inciting incident, uh, in a big non-conference game. That'll be my moment, Steven. Great question. Thank you for that. Malik Perry says, Kenny is good, but there's other kids in 2025. I would want as well. You got anybody else in that class? You, you love cart. Harrelson. Harrelson is a future top 10 draft pick. I want him so bad. After four years at Michigan State, or is he taking no, the fifth year? A, he is one and done. Oh, okay. He's I, I don't I don't know. I've been watching the tape. I think he probably needs two. F off. I'm, man, I need him bad. I'm Real sorry. Bad. I just fi- I figured that was the stance. That seems to be the across-the-board stance. Um, yeah, he's good. You guys are in a very healthy spot. Kurt Tang's awesome, too. He's not 25, but... Michigan State's in such a good spot. Uh, you got anything else there? Sorry, I cut you off. No, I was just going to say that uh, Harrelson just transferred a lot, Lou, which I, makes me feel a lot better, too, because he was at Fishers, which is, like, basically right outside of Bloomington. Like, So I'm getting him farther away. I like the Michigan state Lalu relationship. I think you're getting Harrelson. I really do. I think you got all the momentum in the world. We'll see. Um, Straight Facts says, thing is, guys didn't want to come to Kentucky this year out of the portal because of the class they have coming in. Say what you want, but I believe that played a huge role in that. Honestly, I think Cal straight up got even better guys than who he missed on. He has a better big with Zvonimir than Dickinson. And then a long comment that went into Arthur Kaluma as well. Thanks for the comment, Straight Facts. First of all, thanks for listening and watching. Um, He's not better than Dickinson. I'm sorry. We already addressed that. And two, I think you're right. Like there is an argument definitely that Kentucky can't get stars in the portal because they're worried about star freshmen. Uh, I, I just don't buy that fully because I think Cal is too good of a recruiter for that. Like, I, and you can argue like, um, is Edwards a better player than Arthur Kaluma? I don't know. We'll have to see, but like, <laughs> I think Cal should go get the best players is my point. Like he, does he need Rob Dillingham more than he needs Max Aismas? Probably not. Go get Max Aismas. <laughs> like go, go get them and see if those freshmen still want to come. Like that's, right. that's why freshmen right now are like those freshmen that right before they get on campus, are like, ah, maybe the situation is not for me. <laughs> and it's not a criticism of Cal necessarily. It's more coming from a place of praise. I think Cal should be totally dominating this landscape. Like, if you told me five years ago, this is what the sport now is, I would have said Kentucky wins every national title. Cal's going to pay players. He's going to do it better than anybody else, and they're going to be dominant. And that hasn't come to fruition because he's still just tripling down on the five-star freshman model, which, quite frankly, I don't think you can win national championships with just freshmen. At least in this little four-year window when every other team in the Final Four has 26-year-old guys playing, I think you need a little bit of a balance. C. Schmeid 2079 says, hypothetical. Which school in the greater Midwest that is not in the Big Ten that would be the best cultural fit in the Big Ten if they were to do future expansion uh, based on geography? I think we kind of said this yesterday. I want Notre Dame in. Notre Dame, yeah. I would agree with that, too. 
Yeah. Coy says Drake Gibbs Lawhorn as the starting point guard for the Illini is picking up steam. Assuming no drama. If Illinois gets Braden Smith quality of play out of DGL, how do we feel? More on that later in the show, but I could not hate the Braden Smith Drake Gibbs Lawhorn comparison more. There are not more opposite. I don't know if it's comparison as much as like what if the output is the same between the, like you take Braden Smith's freshman year stats and Drake Gibbs Lawhorn. That's that's what he does this year. Okay. You're ecstatic, aren't you? I mean, what if what if we get Iggy Brasdakis production out of Terrence Williams this year? Like, they're just, what are we doing? It's, that makes no com. There's no comparison. Chase T says, battle for Atlanta schedule is out. Could definitely see Michigan winning two games. Yeah, they got a good draw, in my opinion. Um, yeah. Even if they don't win the Memphis game, I think they're probably the favorite in the next two. So, Did you I like get a chance draw. to peep any of the Memphis highlights from their game? Uh, the overseas game they played very little, but yeah, and box score reading too. Caleb Mills was good. Yeah, it was it was hilarious because it looked like a team that like full of AAU players that like hadn't played on the same team all summer, and like twenty minutes before the tournament, they're like, "Hey, you guys want to run in this tournament together?" Like they got some talent, but they just didn't even look like they knew each other. Yeah, I I hope they look like that at the Battle for Last too. I think there's a chance they might, to be honest. Uh, C. Schmidt again says, do you guys plan on going to the Champions Classic this year? I would love to. We have talked about it. We do not have anything firmed up yet, mostly because we need to figure out what some of our actual uh, organizational structures will be for the sleepers this year. We have some conversations to be had in August that could line up some very fun things for us. Behind-the-scenes sleepers insight for everyone out there. We, we're a pod with a plan. We're a blue-collar pod, but we're also a, a pod with a plan. We we always we put things out there. We got a we got a vision. Yeah, I can, we, I, can I can put a collared shirt on occasionally, and uh, I, I can get in front of a whiteboard and do some things. So we'll see what happens. Lucas says, "Would you rather go to a full WNBA game once a week for the rest of your life?" or your rival wins every game against your team for the rest of your life. That's easy for me. I don't I don't want my rival beating my team every time they play ever again. And I don't mind going to women's basketball games at all. Like yeah, I would like that. That's, that's, you might need to take an inner look at that question. I'm I'm I don't know what you're insinuating by that, but I've had no problem watching a WNBA game. Yeah, not at all. Sorry, Lucas. Curtis Sidebottom says, so you said in the video that you just can't give a team credit for getting players back from last year's team, but I've watched other grade videos. And hypothetically, nice, Curtis, uh, you you gave both Purdue and Marquette A grades, all because of the fact that the players they brought back from last year's team, LOL. Appreciate this comment. You are correct. I think I addressed this earlier in the video, but again, every single team we recorded for, I stepped back and said, what did they try to do this offseason? If they successfully did that, they got a good grade from me. Purdue and Marquette were top 10 teams in the country last year. Their entire plan this offseason was not to go get new players. Purdue's plan A was we need to convince Zach Eady to come back and get enough money to bring him back. They did that. They bring everyone back. They did what they set out to do. Marquette. I disagreed, and I said this in the video. I disagreed. I think they should have tried to get someone, but the fact is they didn't try. Shaka Smart didn't fail because he just wanted to run his team back. Illinois failed. They tried to get a point guard and didn't, okay? Uh, Kentucky failed. They tried to get a center and didn't, and then they did, and that's why I updated the grade. It comes down to did you do what you tried to do, yes or no? Hopefully that makes sense. I understand it sounds like it's all over the place, but in my head it's very clear 
and my head is messed up, Curtis. Thank you for the comment. M Mgers75 says, uh, right now, the problem with the offseason grades vids are the timing. You feel the 68 guys need to realize there's probably still another portal wave coming right before fall semester starts. So the teams you did early and graded high could still have a bad offseason. Yeah, that's true. Uh, the truth is we're not going to make 50 videos in a week. So we needed to start that in July. Um, and also not to pat myself on the back for it, but that was my brainchild from a meeting with Rob and Jeff where they were like, what are we going to do the rest of the summer? And I was like, well, I'm going to do offseason grades, TikToks. And they were like, well, should we just do YouTube videos? And I was like, probably. So there you go. Uh, sorry that people seem to not love those. Aiden Tree says, what are the odds Xavier Booker has a senior Marcus Bingham impact next year? They're pretty similar in size and Booker seems more coordinated and athletic. I think that would be a worst case scenario for Xavier Booker cart. Yeah, I do too. I think we're like, we've mentioned this before. People are setting the bar way. We need to stop treating Xavier Booker. Like he's a borderline top hundred recruit. This kid is super talented. He, his ceiling is way up there. We need to stop acting like he's not super talented. Like I get it. I get like the, you know, the narrative that, yes, he might lack a little bit of motor and he might lack a little bit of things defensively, but let's not act like this kid can't, is not super talented. If he has a Marcus Bingham type senior year, like we should not be happy. Yeah. The, the scary part about that comp or just the comp in general to me would be the, the motor maybe the, like there have been questions with Xavier Booker's motor. There certainly were questions with Marcus Bingham's ability to play well, hard. We, it, we were, we were masking, what we Marcus Bingham wasn't a motor, it was field house. Correct. That that would scare me with Xavier Booker, is all I'm saying. Like <laughs> we I guess we don't know that yet, but like Xavier Booker, from all we know about him, seems like the type of guy who would show up to East Lance and be like, Yo, have you seen Rama? Like <laughs> <laughs> just, hey, nothing wrong with that. I enjoyed my four years very much. I also wasn't a starter on a team trying to win a national championship. So um We'll see what happens. Most importantly, though, Cart, they got some good wieners. Can I ask you one spinoff question real quick? And the answer just really quickly. Yeah. In your four years at Michigan State, what basketball player did you see out the most? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, uh, quite a few, to be honest. We, I don't want to give us too much credit, but I was, I lived with the same group of people for the last three years of college. We had an apartment a couple of years and then we had a house and we were frequent party hosters. I would say this was back in like the Facebook era where like there were Facebook invites for in events. Um, and our invites would make their way around a little bit. And we frequently would have players show up on like a Friday or Saturday night to our house. So I, uh, Keith was a big one. Keith was there very much. Um, Zell too, but like Zell doesn't really count because we like, like we knew Zell a little bit. Right. You know? So okay. right, I, would, I, I would say Keith, I would say Keith. Keith was often high in the corner of my apartment. If you ask any Albion student, they would say Carter Elliott. It's true. Let that be known. Let's hope. Evening, let's hope that Carter doesn't go on to murder someone. Okay. Next comment. Okay. Moving on. Keith Johnson, thirty-two, says I entered my sixty-five-year-old dad in the Moneyball three-point shootout. Please wish him luck. Uh, good luck, Mister Johnson. Luck, well, Mister Johnson. Yeah. I hope you would fare better than Carter would in that event. To be honest, are you doing your men's league three-point shootout? By the way. 
Uh, I don't know if I'm in. I know I'm in the <laughs> All Star game. I don't know if I'm in the three point contest. If I can enter, I'm doing it. They don't have a dunk contest. Uh, they used to, but not enough people can dunk in the league now. If they had a dunk contest, would you be in it? I mean, I can't do anything sweet. I can just dunk the basketball. It seems like you could be in the dunk contest then. Just saying. I'm. Uh, I I would like you to find a way to live stream your All Star game. I'm expecting a show. I can see. I can see what I can do. I know there's clips. I know they end up on YouTube because you send them to me. I just. Yeah, I would I like to get that. Re- I, I don't know if they record. If they were. I don't know if they record the All Star game or not. But if they do, I will. Uh, I'll be sure to you know send you clips. Honestly, I'm gonna send you all the clips from this year, and I might have to like you get a free moment, like put like. Uh, have you seen like that TikTok trend where it's like fuck it, Carter Elliott highlights and it's, yes, it's, yeah, I might need that. I yeah, send me what you got. I'll I'll cook something up. All right, yes. we're we're long overdue for like a every six months. There's a new Carter Elliott video that drops. Last year it was your decision to stay with Sleepers Media. This year it can be your highlights. Send me what you got. I'll work on it. Uh, Fam, our boy Fam says I was going to take the week off for being so obviously Caucasian, but as a commenter, my number's been called. Being Caucasian, I present hashtag golf tips for Mister Yips for fastest improvement. It's an inside out game, young fella. Chipping and putting should be solid before anything else. Never decel on any chip. Throw a hula hoop outside. Drop 10 balls in the yard. Trying to make all 10 hit to sharpen the skills. Putting, everything breaks toward the water, away from the hills. Putt to the line, never the hole. Those are some great tips from fam. Those are some great, hit- Those are some great tips. But, I mean, gee, you saw, I, don't, I feel like short game is not really the biggest issue for me, though. Yeah, I don't, I don't think people truly understand. They probably think we're exaggerating because we do exaggerate a lot. But, like, Carter's current issue pre getting the club fitting is that he literally just can't square up a ball cleanly anywhere, whether it's driver, whether it's iron, whether it's wood hybrid putter, it doesn't matter. Like, (laughs) and that's not been the case. Like you, you have never had that issue and we played a full golf round and I think you hit one shot cleanly the entire time. So, and I'm, and usually when I get up to the green eventually, cause I can't square a damn shot, you know, I'm not like just, hitting like nine putts or like five putts you know i'm definitely three putting some let's not get it twisted but i'm pretty solid like reading the line and having you know solid speed like my putting's really not that bad either it's chipping to be honest yeah it's you other. were reading my putts for me that round yeah we were in hell i was trying to be your caddy i also i played golf yesterday uh round got cut short because of a scary phone call by the way but um I played horrible. So I, I think whatever I had last week, I've lost and your yips have rubbed off on me. I'm scared about it. Sorry. Oh, well, uh, back to M Emgers says when my team loses a recruit that matters, I like to vent online with humor. It may come off as mean or a sore loser, but I say what I want and move on immediately. I always try to avoid that. We didn't want you anyways. You're not good enough. Simp response. That's a healthy behavioral pattern. Emgers. I respect that. Needs, people need to take that to heart. Yeah, you need to teach people how to do that. Keith is back. He says, Greg's off-season ratings are spot on. Keith, knew I loved you. People need to remember these are not overall team grades. This is did the team do what they needed to do in the off-season. If they had one goal, they missed it. That's a fail. Also, Card is on point with the black coffee take. Keith, I'm glad I'm making sense to somebody out there. That warms my heart. Austin Gooden says top 10 non-conference matchups, including all Big Ten teams. Number one has to be Illinois, Florida, Atlantic, and the Garden, right? That's a good one. I'm very excited about that game. Uh, I Are you buying Florida Atlantic, by the way? Some people are like out on Florida Atlantic. This uh, year. No, I'm still buying them because of you know them getting the pieces back. 
Yeah, I think like you say they had lost that game to Memphis in the first round. I would be buying Florida Atlantic pretty hard. Yeah, I would too. I mean, it, you, we just been talking about all season grades this whole time. To me, and you can tell me differently if you heard that something differently in other circles. Florida Atlantic's one thing was to make sure that they don't get poached, mm-hmm. and they didn't get poached, and they didn't at all. Dusty and, May wanted to go back. That's crazy too. And they got yeah, crazy. And they got some dogs on it, like Elijah Martin. Dog. They there was there was a two hour window on a Wednesday in uh, I think June where I was really trying to talk myself into maybe Dusty May will come and bring his whole roster, and that could be Michigan <laughs> next year. It was it was a really exciting world for me. Uh, other games, I mean, the Champions Classic, I'm really excited for. I feel like Michigan State has a lot of marquee games, as always. Um, that, one against, that one against Baylor at LCA would be fun. That'll be really fun. I think any of the preseason tournaments, I know that's kind of like, a cop out, but that's what I look forward to most in the non-conference every year. And there's a lot of good ones involving Big Ten teams this year. So, uh, Purdue and Maui being one, that field is so loaded. Michigan, the battle for Atlantis, Michigan, Memphis will be fun. Uh, lots, lots to look forward to. Austin, Kevin Deaton says the video with the Kentucky Gray was clearly after Global Jam, which concluded on July 16th. It wasn't a month ago. LOL. Yeah, three weeks a month. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, fair, <laughs> fair, fair point, Kevin. Jawara Jackson says, I commend you on the 7 a.m. dedication. What's the new over under on daily straight pods? However, my elusive comment 23 from yesterday was victimized. Sorry for victimizing your comment. We apologize. Um, what is the new over under card? This is, is this 18 right now? Yeah. I no, 19. So. Ni- this is 19th day in a row of Monday through Friday episodes. I don't know. Something it's something's gotta happen eventually. I don't know. I I'd set the new over under at like uh twenty-six. See, that's I don't think that's giving us enough credit given where we're at. I, we've made it so far during the month where nothing's happening. And then we had like one day of actual college basketball stuff happening, and we coincidentally had a bunch of views. So I think we're gonna get into football season soon. And there's going to be stuff to talk about. And then we're going to get into yeah. basketball. Like I'm looking forward to it. I would set the over-under at 50. Jawara, I think we're going to find ways to make this happen. If we hit 50, we got to do something. Her just hammered the under when I said 50 also. Uh, Ulamog says, how do you have the audacity to claim to be a blue-collar podcast? Carter going to Country Day? Is Terrence going to Cranbrook? G-Wizzy isn't better going to the same high school as Steven Izzo. Privileged. Three people liked this comment also. I, I feel antagonized, Cart. Yeah, I mean, blue collar is a mindset. It's about working hard. It's not about, I don't know, being privileged. Sorry my parents sent me to private school. I'm not going to apologize for that, damn it. Do you need to do the Jaden Ivy and cut your hair so that people stop I, saying you have granite I, countertops? There's nothing more I despise than people who want to fake get it out the mud, okay? I'm, I... I didn't. I didn't have to be subjected to that. I'm not going to apologize for that. I didn't be subjected to that. Is what it is. Parents worked hard. That is. I think that's a fine line here for us. Is we don't pretend that we got it out the mud as right. people. We we own who we are. Like I know where I'm um, from. That's why I don't say I'm from Detroit. I'm like I know where I'm. Like someone else commented. Like you're talking about this guy's talking about Detroit. He's probably from Bluefield or the suburbs. Yeah, I am. Yeah, <laughs> I, that's where I always lived. Yeah, but with that said, for two guys who have made real life careers out of working in tech to be sitting next to Jeff Goodman at the Big Ten tournament on camera on Jeff Goodman's show and him passing off to us, I think we've done pretty well. 
we won't get outworked in this industry, Lamar. I don't care if we came from some nice places and not the mud. We will not get outworked. Leslie says, I have been listening regularly. I am not subscribing until you show some love to Indiana, though. That's fair, Leslie. You drive a hard bargain, first of all. Um, we don't just get bought for love, though. We keep it real. That's kind of how we do you things. Say we love Bloomington. Actually, we did. Yeah, we love Bloomington. Yeah, we love Bloomington. And I think there's a little bit of love for IU's team. I, it, this is not a Mike Woodson podcast. It won't ever be. Sorry. Knicks, Sink the Biz, my favorite that was, thing that we did. Wait, what was that? Did we get, what was that appetizer we got at Knicks? I didn't get much food there, I don't think. I just remember all I remember is the pictures of Coors Light and our bartender teaching us Sink the Biz. It was so fun. That was great. We also put a group of students under the table at Kilroy's in Beer Pong. <laughs> we did. I want to go back to Bloomington. Hopefully Thank that you. counts, Leslie. Carter Velli says if the Lakers failed to re-sign LeBron James, that doesn't affect the offseason. LOL. This guy is all over the place with his flawed logic. Bringing back vital players, especially in this portal and NIL climate, is most definitely important and factors in. How can we take the field of 68 seriously? Sorry, I, uh, I mean, God, my voice just changed as I tried to get through that. Um, also, his final sense, they need a concrete criteria and not just random opinions. Here's the interesting thing about how the field of 68 works, Carter. Let me let me just pull back the curtain for you momentarily. We don't have a meeting every day where Jeff Goodman and Rob Doster tell us what we need to think. That's not how it works. I actually get paid to go on camera and provide my own opinions that are opinions. And I'm very clear that they are opinions. And some people actually like listening to those opinions, Carter. So, uh, no, I don't need concrete criteria for the off-season grades video series that I myself came up with for the field of 68, okay? I can go on those and say whatever I want. And, yeah, I grade harshly. Sorry, that's not for clicks. It's because I don't like when teams say they're going to do something and don't do something. And your comparison to the NBA makes zero sense because college players – are not contracted employees, okay? It's not how it works. Uh, Carter, it's rare that I would tell someone to get out of my comments. But get out of my comments section, Carter. Get out of here. I mean, that that NBA, that Bron to resign, that's an insane reach of a comp. That's all. That's just bad. Just, hot, bad. just hot garbage. And last comment, Darkness says, shut up, Rob, with a winky face. That's, <laughs> That's a really nice note to end on, Darkness. Uh, thank you. Comment section, including Carter, uh, Carter Velli. Great job today. That's a new high, 40 comments. Miraculously, we made our way through them, and I'm um, having fun with the comment section these days. Hey, remember, Riley Friday, Riley Davis from Heat Check is back on the show tomorrow. Stay tuned for that. Let's get into our segments today, Carter, starting with Cooper Flag, the best high school basketball player in the country unless you listen to the people who say AJ Dibsanta is or one of the Boozer twins are. I'm still confused on how it all works. For my money, Cooper Flagg's the best high school player in the country. Supposedly, he cooked Bradley Beal. Supposedly, hypothetically. Uh, Drew Hanlon claims this didn't happen. Drew Hanlon claims he was in the gym, and it just didn't happen. But it's a lot more fun to pretend it did happen, so we're going to pretend it did happen. Cooper Flagg played one-on-one with Bradley Beal, gave him the business, Talk that shit, and Bradley Beal got really upset about it. Does this change how you view Cooper Flag in any significant way? Uh, it not really because I knew he had this in his game. Like we we use the phrase a kid who's got some shit to him. Cooper Flag is one of those kids, and he has that type of ability. So it's not like 
you know, I'm not surprised by this. Like, I think he's a future NBA player, future Duke Blue Devil as well. Um, so, yeah, it is what it is. Funny to me that it was more funny to me the responses to it, like, just to address those. Like, one, Drew Hanlon, he'll go to any lengths to protect his clients that he works with. Like, he's one of the biggest cap artists, I think, on the Twitter app, which I respect because, like, he's going to – He's going to ride for his boys. Like, if it's Jason Tatum, if it's Embiid, if it's, you know, Brad Beal, he's going to ride for his guys. I respect that. But let's not act like you don't have biases towards your guys. Like, if Cooper Flagg did cook him, you would not admit to that. You would find a way around it to say some other way. Uh, but, yeah, I just – I like seeing the comments about it. Like, the, one of my favorite ones was somebody quote tweeted that, you know, the tweet with the story and said, I need an Ancestry.com or a 23andMe done on Cooper Flagg immediately. There's no way this boy is just fully from Maine. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, he's the coolest thing that's ever happened to Maine. I think that's fair to say. No offense to Maine. I've never been to Maine, but uh, this is the one cool thing I've ever heard about Maine. I feel like Drew Hanlon missed the mark because if I'm Drew Hanlon in this spot, I would not rush to defend Bradley Beal. I would rush to get on Cooper Flagg's good side. <laughs> I would want <laughs> I would want Cooper Flagg to be my next guy if I'm Drew Hanlon. You've I would done your work. You've done your work with Brad Beal. You gotta you gotta get clients. <laughs> yeah, he's he just seems a little behind the eight ball here. Also, this uh it, like if you told me this happened, if you told me Cooper Flagg cooked an NBA player and talked that shit and the NBA player got upset about it, who is it? I think Bradley Beal would have been in my first five guesses. Like if you, I guess if you told me it's an all-star level guy, right? Not just like player, player, but um, if you would have told me like, hey, an NBA all-star got cooked by Cooper Flagg and is upset, I think I would have guessed it's Carl Towns, and then I probably would have guessed it's Bradley Beal. Like Brad Beal's first team all sensitive. I mean, it's just a. I'm excited to see what happens with him in uh, Phoenix. I guess I would say because I think between him and Kevin Durant, you got a lot of guys who are pretty needy. Is it is it that bad that Cooper Flag cooked Brad Beal? For Brad Beal, it is right. I mean, he's like he's initially, hurt. like you think about it, like that's bad. But like, I mean, I don't know. Like Cooper Flag's really, really good. Yes, he's young. He's also six ten. Not supposed to be a thirty year old losing to a seventeen year old though, right? Yeah, that's that's true. Pride's gonna kick in, but like also like Cooper Flag is that. Isn't it also more about? the shit talking than just the beating. Like if Cooper flag was giving Bradley Beal the business and just kept his mouth shut, Brad might just be like, Oh damn kid. Nice. But like, like we don't know. Cause we weren't in the gym. Has, I, has Cooper flag said anything about this? I don't think so. Um, we need a we, statement. Yeah, we do need a statement. Our doors are open. Cooper. If you want to come give a statement on the sleepers podcast, I know from experience with you cart, uh, the your energy has changed when you've been shit talked by someone who should not be shit talking you. I know that because I've done it to you at the wrong time before. And uh, I don't want to wake up a beast in you sometimes. And I feel like uh, Bradley Beal maybe woke up a little bit by this, but apparently he didn't though. Cause he never like, there's no second half of the story where like Bradley Beal cooked Cooper flag back. That That is one thing. Like, you don't want to talk. There's there's certain people like that. Well, if a seven year old and I was playing my cousin and like we were having a good time, he's like, I'm busting your ass. Like I'm turning it up. So I don't know. Yeah. Sometimes you just got to get motivated. Um, I think you and I are both good at that. We're, we're big crack on our shoulder guys. We've said that before. Yeah. 
Why why crack instead of chip? Because a crack doesn't go away. Wow. That was a bar. Chips, chips come, they go. Cracks don't go away. <laughs> Cracks forever. We love crack. <laughs> we love Cooper Flag also. <laughs> I can't he, wait to I, watch I, him. I just want to go on record like he's he's the best high school basketball prospect. Like I know the I AJ's really good. Um, I like that. I don't know if you've seen um the Caleb Williams kid. Um, mm-hmm. he's like that kind of like six nine late bloomer guy is like shot up to like top five. Does he paint he his really, nails? Yeah, he's really good as well. He, he does like, paint yeah. his nails. No, he does not paint his nails. Sorry, I didn't hear that. You said nails. I said, does he paint his nails? Oh no! I, in in my experience, to what I've seen, he does not paint his nails. Sorry, when like, I hear Caleb nails. Williams, I just think paint your nails. <laughs> if, if Cooper Flag starts painting his nails. Where does that swing you? Need to see what he paints him. <laughs> Just mane. If, if he had mane on his fingers, I'm in. I'm all the way in. Fuck deal. Like. <laughs> oh my god. Let's just move on before I get us canceled. Uh, <laughs> Johnny Furphy has committed to Kansas. We did a video on Johnny Furphy a couple weeks ago. Uh, you can go back on the channel and watch that. I think we called him a secret superstar. Because we could tell he was kind of coming on the scene. We could tell he was going to play college somewhere. And from the tape we saw, we really liked it. Seems like a really high upside guy. He ends up at Kansas, which is a great place to end up. One, because Kansas is a preseason top three team in the country. Two, because he might get real minutes on this team. Like the competition for him is guys who are expected to beat him out. But, um, you know, it's Nick Timberlake and potentially um, KJ Adams and... I guess we'll see El Marco Jackson. Like, can he prove himself to be more important on the wing between the two and the four position turn minutes? I think he potentially could. Uh, what do you make of this commitment? Does it swing? I think we know we like Furphy. Like, if you want to go back and watch our Furphy feels, you can watch the other video. But I'm more curious, like, does this addition to you change your outlook on Kansas? Do you elevate them in your preseason rankings or or what they could be next season because they added Johnny Furphy? Yeah, I think it elevates it, them in my preseason rankings. Um, if I believe I was on record actually having Kansas as my number one team coming into the year, so I guess there's no way to really elevate it. But look, you get to this point of the season, it gets to this point of the preseason, you got an open scholarship, and you know sometimes when you have these open scholarships towards this towards this time of the year, you're just filling in guys. Um, not to use a Michigan State example, but like we didn't have open scholarships. We went out there and we got Carson Cooper. And like Carson Cooper wasn't a guy that was recruited by a lot of high majors or anything like that. That's not the case with Furphy. Like all the Blue Bloods wanted Furphy. And at this point, they were able to add him. And he doesn't do anything to hurt this team. Like he's not going to come in and be able to hurt this team. If he plays extremely well, like that'll be awesome for Kansas. If maybe he's not playing as well as you think he does, I don't think it hurts Kansas necessarily. So. I, you know, I think it's a really good ad. I really like him. I The comp for me is Matthew Meyer and, like, just basketball-wise. I think he's a Matthew Meyer-type player. But his ceiling could be a lot higher than that. I think he has the skills to be a better player than that. If you told me in, like, I don't know, a, after this year or something like that, or maybe two years, that Furphy's, like, a first-round NBA draft pick, I would not be surprised. I think he could develop at that rate. And Bill Self has a good – track record with like developing guys like that. Like Ochai, he did a great job developing. Um, you know, Jalen Wilson ended up being like a first team All American by the time he left, even though he's a pretty high recruit. Like Furphy could take that path. 
Let me ask you this. Does Furphy, I think I know your answer after that comment, but does Furphy ever start at Kansas? Yes. But not this year, right? Like someday down the line, we think. Or do you think he starts this year at some point? I take if he's pretty good, like if he reaches his potential, I think, and like he shows some things, there's a world where he starts on this team. I think there is too. Um, I love the ad again. I I have a lot of praise for Furphy uh, that I've had since we talked about him three weeks ago. I, where I think I differ from you is I don't see this as a super needle moving piece for Kansas, even though I love him, love his game. He's a great depth ad. Like having him in the rotation is awesome. It's better than some of their backup options right now, but to me, their season hinges on shooting and do you buy Furphy's shot? Like, I, I think he can shoot, but I don't think he's like a step in and you feel like he can shoot 40% guy. Um, yeah. And that's that's not a like no disrespect to them or to him, but like when you build a team around Hunter Dickinson, I know this from experience as a Michigan fan, when you build a team around Hunter Dickinson and a point guard who doesn't like to shoot the ball and a four that can't shoot, you need guys that are more than just, oh, he can shoot a little bit. You need like, this guy's a sniper. No offense, but you need like a Grady Dick or you need you need somebody. If he's not a lottery pick, fine, but you need somebody who's just a no-brainer make shots guy. And the only guy on this team on paper is Timberlake. Yeah. That's really scary to me because I don't I don't buy Timberlake. <laughs> like and Kansas fans will probably yell at me for that and say they really like him. I just don't. I think he's gonna struggle from what I've seen. On I kind of buy Dewan Harris being like just a, a, a respectable enough three point shooter. I'm buying Dewan Harris in general. I actually think by the end of this year, Dewan Harris is the best player on this team, and he's the guy who might get like the all all Big Twelve accolades and stuff. Are, are we talking like Dewan Harris Koozie Award winner? I think there's a chance. I really do because I think I think he's going to approach this year much differently than he has when he played next to Ochai and Jalen. Like mm-hmm. I think I think he's going to come in this year. It's like oh, I need to score, and I, I actually think he can score. He just needs to totally rewire the way he is mentally on that. So, um, yeah, I, I'm buying Harris individually. I'm just not buying. I don't know. I don't want to say I'm not buying Kansas because I got him fourth in my preseason <laughs> poll right now. But can I throw my hot take at you, though? Go ahead. I have Kentucky ahead of Kansas now. That, that's a That's a scorching one. I have Kentucky ahead of Kansas because. Where did you have Kentucky before? This goes back to your grading flips. Where do you have Kentucky before they got uh, King King Zvon? Before they added Zvon Ivicic, uh, I had Kentucky around ten. Okay, yeah. so it's not it's not that you know they add a, a a player who can be extremely yeah okay yeah they added I mean I just I think Ivicic is going to be a one and done star. <laughs> that's that's what I'm expecting from him. Um, one of the most talented centers in college basketball is my prediction. If I'm wrong on that, then it's going to look crazy because their season completely falls apart if Avisic isn't ready for that from day one. But if he's what I think he is, I'm buying Wagner and Edwards and Reeves. I've already said Reeves can be a 20 points a game guy. I'm really buying that team with a good center and Trey Mitchell alongside more than I am um, a team built around Hunter Dickinson. I'm sorry. The more I think about it, I had to go on the heat check. I shouldn't say had, I love going on it, but I was on the heat check podcast and um, I had to explain why a team with Hunter Dickinson usually underachieves. And the more I started saying it out loud, I'm like, this is the team. Like Hunter Dickinson is the reason everybody has his team. Number one in the country cart. Have we not been through this twice already? Like, 
that you don't see any world where the, the wheels just fall off for a team that's best player is supposed to be Hunter Dickinson at Kansas. No, because because of Bill Self. I respect that. I love he will, Bill. He will, he'll, I mean, he'll retire before he lets the wheels fall off. You're right. I guess wheels fall off in Kansas terms is just like finished second in the Big 12. <laughs> second in the Big 12. Still win the Big 12 tournament, but second in the regular season. Yeah. I'm just saying more like, isn't there a world where this team pretty clearly isn't the best team in the country? Like, I feel like people are penciling them in as a no-brainer. It's Kansas. Hunter. Like, Hunter. Hunter has imploded two straight years. There, there's a lot. There is There is questions. So, there's a world. Like, you, Timberlake, I'm more in on him than you are. I think he's a crazy shooter. But at the same time, you got you to gotta recognize, like, it's an up transfer. This, this isn't Townsend, I believe, you went to before. Like, this isn't Townsend. I just got shivers. Up transfer. Sorry. I, I know that does – Year, year one of up transfers can be kind of scary sometimes. <sighs> scary. Uh, yeah, like I guess, back. bring it back to Furphy. Love Johnny Furphy. It's a great ad. I think he has picked a great spot. I have no doubt at some point he's an impact player for Kansas. I hope it's this year because I like him as a player more than I like Nick Timberlake. I just am fearful that if if he does have to take Timberlake's spot, I think that team does not have nearly enough shooting. And that scares me. Yeah. See, but like, I, okay, last thing on this, a lineup, and this is, you know, with guys like Timberlake knocking down shots, a lineup of Dewan Harris, let's say El Marco Jackson, Timberlake, Furphy at the four, Dickinson at the five. Like, if guys can knock down shots, I yeah. really like that lineup a lot. Now, that's, I love that spin. If we're playing Furphy at the four instead of KJ Adams, love this. Yes. KJ Adams off the bench. Yeah. I'm, okay. They're they're back. <laughs> they're 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 not fifth anymore. They're back up to two for me. <laughs> Changed it. I mean, uh, congratulations to Johnny Furphy. Congratulations to Kansas fans. You guys will be fun to watch all season long. And uh, Hunter Dickinson, miss you, buddy. Are we back in good graces with Kansas fans? Uh, I don't think we can be until no. uh, maybe. I don't. We we need like. We need someone publicly to adopt us and endorse us from Kansas. That hasn't happened. All all Kansas fans know about us is that Jalen Wilson hates us, Braden Turner hates us, and Hunter Dickinson has gone silent on us. <laughs> We're going to talk about him either way. We'll see. Uh, okay, from one team that we like talking about to the team we love talking about most, Cart. Illinois is headed to Spain today. Brad Underwood and team are uh, probably on a cross-continental flight right now. They had their final practices yesterday. It seemed like they opened up their practice stuff to the media for the first time because I saw a lot of coverage from multiple different Indi- or Illinois outlets that we enjoy interacting with. Um, did, did, did you see the flight videos, though? No. So, like, the whole team went first class, and, like, Ty Rogers, like, went to the attendant and was like, I don't want to go in first class. I want to be in coach, like. That's where I need to be. I need to be a leader. Yeah, the sad part is I totally buy that. I still don't know (laughs) if you're kidding or not. It seems real. Uh, Uh, In in the process of this, every it seemed like every player was in front of a microphone for a little bit, and we got a lot of individual clips. So I'll just open it up broadly to you. Uh, Of course, Brad also was in front of a microphone for like 20 minutes, which is great. Anytime you can listen to Brad Underwood, you should. What is your biggest takeaway? or biggest takeaways from your early observations of Illinois' practices? 
so I will, I'm not sure if we watched the same clip. I actually watched the one. It was like 20, 20 minutes of like open practice footage. It was a good amount of like stuff in there. And, you know, it wasn't just like guys making shots. It was like a lot of bit of everything, which I enjoyed. Um, the main takeaway that I came away with is that I think we might be undervaluing what Quincy Garrier can do for this team. I, I think for starters, one, he looked like he was in great shape. Like he looked like he was looking really good. Pause. God, I can't say that anymore. He was in great shape. Uh, he was doing a lot of things both defensively and offensively. And like he popped off the page or off the video when I was watching that practice. But it's him and Drake Gibbs Lawhorn were the two guys I left uh left impressed with. Can I can I interrupt? I inter- I love interrupting you. You know this. I'm sorry, you deal with it so gracefully. He popped off the screen. We're using that yeah. phrase. Gary a popped off the screen in a, in a in a practice footage where everyone was basically on the floor except for Marcus Damask. I found myself noticing him the most. Wow. Okay. I I watched the same footage as you, and I did not feel that at all. He he was like a footnote on mine, so I'm surprised by that. I DGL 100% agree. That was where I was going to start with. Like I I would use the phrase popped off the screen absolutely. He's so loudly good and bad in his moments. He is he is loud. He screams at you when he plays basketball. He's good. He's talented. Gary just is like a pick and pop shooter who when he gets the ball he shoots it. That popped off the screen? <laughs> he wasn't just doing that though. He was going to the and I I really don't want to underestimate that he looked like he was in great shape. I thought he looked okay. a little bigger last year at Oregon. He looks really looks like he's in great shape. Okay. I guess I I wasn't expecting him to be out of shape when I when he committed to Illinois. He but... was a little I think he was a little on the heavier side of Oregon. Okay. You all right? What's going on here? I don't know. I got like something going on with my leg. I don't know. Are we losing a leg? Are we losing are we No, losing I think I'll be okay. Okay. I mean I Talk about Illinois for five minutes. Say Quincy Gary, it popped off the screen. Now you pop off a leg. That's why. Sorry, my fault. My fault. No, you're good. D, let's talk Gibbs Lawhorn because I think he's the most uh, interesting piece of this to Illinois fans and to me, certainly. He is the most talented guard on this roster. I'm willing to say that right now. Um, he's the only guy shaped like a guard on this roster that I think has real hopes of being an NBA player. Uh, Ty Rogers was supposedly the point guard. He got public endorsement of that. He publicly said it himself when he was telling everyone how bad of a person Sky Clark and Jaden Epps and Matthew Meyer were. Uh, Dre Gibbs Lawhorn looks like the point guard of this team to me from all the footage that I'm seeing. And I think, Cart, I think that's a good development for Illinois because I, I, I like that on paper better than Ty. Yeah, and it makes me proud that I didn't ever sell my... Drake Gibbs Lawhorn stock either. I just want to know I stake my claim to that early. Um, but yes, like I he did show a lot of things in that practice clip. Like you can see the scoring ability with him. He looks very quick. Uh he's definitely on the smaller size, I will say. Small uh, smaller size side, I will say. But he is, you know, able to get his shot off. Just give me a break, you know. Is it, it small were you trying to say smaller size or smaller side though? I'm just curious. <laughs> to be honest, I don't know. I really don't know, but I'm just keep on going here. Yeah, keep on. Uh well, I couldn't help but notice like out of everyone's practice jersey, his looked the biggest. Let's, 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 uh. let's, let's just say that. Like that that too was draping on him. But he was able to get to the basket. He had some pretty good finishes as well, like over taller defenders, you know. So I think that you saw the offensive like package that he has and what he brings as a point guard to this team and you know positive Illinois spin here 
you have Ty Rogers, okay, who's maybe that big pass, you know, can't really shoot point guard. And then you got the give Lawhorn point guard who's a change of pace, who could be the guy who is scoring and looking to score and maybe creating on the side, but not necessarily like his mindset is create first. Is there a world where like that works like kind of in tandem, maybe? Like you you need a different look, like you go to Ty, you want another look, you go to Gibbs Lawhorn. Like, can you see that happening? Kind of. I don't know what you do with Ty. I think that's the thing I'm most curious about for Illinois is like, can they find a way to use him successfully? And if they are using him successfully, is he a 30 minute guy? Is he a starter? What is he? Because he's a, a super awesome, like prospect, right? Like he's like a creative player. Like you, you like a guy that's that tall, that is theoretically going to be that strong and athletic who can pass. If he just adds a jumper, there's so much to like. He could be all defense, all in t- all this stuff. He's a creative player, but then you get into the game and you're like, okay, he has to have the ball in his hands because he doesn't work playing off the ball. So if you put the ball in his hands every time, is he good enough to have the ball in his hands every time? Like, is he really a guy on a good team that you want having the ball every possession? I don't know. He could be. I don't know. If he is, I don't think you're utilizing Gibbs Lawhorn properly, though, because I think Gibbs Lawhorn should be on the ball. So it's one of those fascinating things. Like, again, I keep coming back to the Nogel Eastern comparison. We saw it happen with Nogel, where, like, over time, everyone sort of dropped the expectations of he can be an all-conference point guard. And we're just like, no, he's a really great defender who's a role player. To me, I think that's where Ty Rogers settles in. If it's if it's if it happens at Illinois for a good team, a good version of Illinois, I think that's what he ends up looking like more than starting point guard Ty Rogers, which is good because it does open the door for a guy like future Carson Edwards 2.0, Trey Gibbs Lockhorn, who uh I the most impressive thing for him with me right now, you said he's small, he is. He got downhill so successfully for how small he is. Yeah. And that that's wild to me. I didn't expect that to be part of his game right away. So um I I think Illinois should go all in on Dre. That's my take right now. I think Dre would agree with that. Again, we alluded to it earlier in the show, but there's a lot of uh a lot of public back and forth right now. Ty's endorsing Dre publicly. Dre's retweeting Ty's endorsement publicly. Meanwhile, Terrence Shannon's endorsing Luke Goody as the best shooter in the conference. Just got, a lot. I got I got something to say. What do you got? Because this is my other takeaway that I had on my list of things I want to get off here. I love Luke Goody. Okay. I want to stake my claim right now. Luke Goody is a guy who shoots 40% from three. Luke Goody is a ginger. Luke Goody would die for the I and I. LL, okay. In the in the time when he isn't grinding on the court, he's fishing. And if he's not fishing, he's in the gym. I'm buying all the Luke Goody stock. I just want to let them be known. Because he's fishing when he's not hooping. I love his mindset. Are you buying Will Shetter too? <laughs> no, because Will Shetter stinks. We know that Luke Goody doesn't stink. Okay. My last spinoff question here. You get your starting five right now, your lineup. Your and I do say your Illini. This is your Illini starting five. You're going, we got the first game of the season next week. What five are you putting out there? So you're asking me if I'm Daddy Brad, if I put myself in Daddy Brad's. If you're shoes. your dad, who are you playing? I dream about this all the time for the record. Um well, first of all, I would have some pregame meetings with my son my brother, Tyler, um, and I would 
really take to heart his influence here. I think Tyler should have a very strong say in this. But without talking to Tyler, my answer would be Dre Gibbs, Lawhorn at the point. I'm going to jump around and just go the pieces I know. Coleman Hawkins somewhere in the front court. Dane Danger at center. So Coleman at the four. I'm going Terrence Shannon on the wing. And I think I need shooting around them. So I'm going to go Luke Goody. I'm going to go Terrence Shannon, Luke Goody around Dre and the front court. I want the mask off the bench. I want to keep him in a, a small role. I want Gary A off the bench in a snipe role. I want Harmon off the bench. He's he's the backup guard, and I feel really, really good about that. Ty Rogers, I don't know where you put him. but You, you did mention to me, though, uh, that you liked what you saw from Harmon, too, as well, didn't you? Yeah, so um, it was. It's always interesting when you watch any like extended footage of teams like this. Like, who's running together? What are the groups? Mm-hmm. And I, I do think it was notable that Harmon was with DGL, and they were also with. I think it was Shannon, Coleman, and Luke Goody. I think that was the group. If I'm remembering it right, maybe I thought Coleman and Ty were on the same team. Maybe, maybe I'm messing it up then. Um, they could anyways. have also switched like mid-practice too. From- yeah. From from what I saw, Harmon played with DGL though. And they, I liked that tandem together. I think you can play those guys together. Um, Harmon, Harmon has more stuff than I was willing to give him credit for. But I, I think it's really good. It appears they're not even really trying to have Harmon come in and like be the do-it-all point guard. And that's good. I'm glad they're not wasting time saying Harmon's a 30-minute guy, a point guard, because that would flame out and it would not go well. If they can give him a smaller role, if they can play him with the two a little bit, I think he's a really good depth add. And yeah, I think he's a contributor in a way I didn't expect right away. I wish Damask played because he's he's a really needle-moving piece here too, right? Like a lot of people think he's the starting three on this team. Is he, play, is he playing in Spain? I don't know. He's got to get healthy. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. know. They, they probably don't play him. There's no reason to. If he's even if he has a nagging injury, you don't play him. Yeah. Uh Underwood's not coaching in Spain. That's the other thing. He's just gonna sit with a notepad. He should sit with a scotch for the record. If I'm Brad, I would or a little glass of vino or something. Kick back. Little, um, what's what's Spain? A little, little sangria. Yeah, that'd be nice. So all in all, though, like, okay, summarize. I'm more in on Illinois after seeing the practices. I would say I am too. Yeah. I I would put them right now third in the conference. Although Maryland also has looked good in their overseas stuff. Yeah, they have. Uh, I don't know if I'm going as high as three, but like I guess I had them. I can't remember where I had them originally. I think it was like six. Uh, yeah, maybe six. I think I got them top four now. I would give them, yeah, I'd give them my Ohio State spot. I've been saying Maryland, Ohio State are three and four. I would give Illinois, Ohio State. Is is Ohio State going on an overseas tour? I don't know. All right, I need to tap into that if they are. Um, But before we move on, I do want to give my my Illinois five. I think you'll. Oh, sorry, sorry, I didn't come back to you. Well, I'm the one who asked you about Harmon. I just want to make sure you got because I know we talked about the video like on the side. So I just want to make sure that was out in the world um, because I I agree with it. now, this is my five, and people know who have listened to the previous Supers episodes know how I construct lineups. It's different, okay? So this is what we're going with. We're going Dre Gibbs-Lawhorn. We're going Goody at the two. 
We're going Ty Rogers at the three. We're going Terrence Shannon at the four. Coleman Hawkins at the five. You're benching Danger Zone. I'm I'm bringing Danger off the bench. Wow, I don't I don't think Dane's gonna like that. We'll talk about it. So somebody's gonna be unhappy, I guess. Yeah. I mean, uh, okay. I I like Coleman at the five though. You got to play that lineup at least sometimes. Do you like me? You like Terrence Shannon at the four? I think Terrence Shannon is better closer to the four than he is. I'm not going to lie. That lineup, gosh, that lineup is getting to the second weekend of the turn. You trust Ty that much? Hmm? You trust Ty yeah. that much? Really? I do. Okay. I trust Ty in that role. Yes. See, I'd rather, can I go crazy? Burn the world down? Ty off the bench? I would rather go Ty and Terrence Shannon at the five and the four. Than Terrence Shannon at the five. I'd rather play Ty at center. And Shannon at the four, then I would rather play Ty at the three. That's good. That that's crazy. I don't know about that. I'm just saying. Don't throw Ty it out. six five. My my hottest take after uh, seeing everything, I feel strongly confident in this one. Cart Ty Rogers starts game one. He does not start game thirty. I can't get on board with that hot take. Yeah, I know. You're still holding a lot of tie stop. Ty Rogers will start every single game for the online nine. There's also I don't, I don't know I don't know what position it's gonna be, but he's gonna start every game that he's healthy in. He's gonna start every press conference, that's for sure. He will make sure he's in front of the cameras for the post game, praising everybody. We'll see if that continues into December if he's averaging two and two again. Um I there also is very much a world where like Ty starts the season, DGL is off the bench. Then it flips. And then DGL starts playing poorly and everybody blames DGL and it flames out. And then Ty comes back into it. Like there's, there's so many possibilities for drama with this team. I'm like getting giddy over here. You can see my <laughs> smile right now. The mean girls of college basketball. Yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait to be back in Champagne this year. It's going to be fun. Um, all right. Congrats, Illinois fans. Good luck in Spain. Good luck to Brad Underwood. Good luck to Tyler Underwood. Daddy Brad. And uh, just stay far away from Ann Arbor. I don't need any more losses for a while, Illinois. Let's end the show with one big thing presented by Bigby. I have a nice iced Bigby coffee today. Once again, Cart's not happy with the amount of ice. It's melted. I've had it for two hours. Uh, but this is an iced Americano. Love Ooh. a good iced Americano from Bigby. Are you a slow, are you a slow call? You're a sipper, aren't you? I mean, I, I'm not just going to chug this on camera. And I took my first. No, no you don't have to chug it on camera. But I'm saying like certain coffee drinkers, there's like chuggers and like sippers. Like it, you know, goes faster. If I got a tall iced coffee from Big B, the over under on me finishing that iced coffee is 95 and a half minutes. Damn. No, I'd finish that in like 30 minutes yeah. max. Okay. Impressive. Built different. Yeah. I don't know if that's a good thing or not, but uh, I'll start it off here. My one big thing presented by Big B, of course, is that this, I guess, is a take. Donuts are extremely overrated. Like, I'd Ooh. much rather have a bagel over a donut. Like, I don't want a donut first thing in the morning with breakfast or anything like that. Like, I'll bring donuts to, like, the guys who work in the warehouse for me because they love donuts. But, like, I don't want a donut first thing in the morning. I'd much rather have a bagel. And I don't even think it's close. I don't hate that take, although I'd be curious, like, where are you getting your donuts from? Like, what what donut was the donut to ruin uh, your experience? That, that's great. Well, I mean, this is not a slight at all, but there's a place uh, in Detroit on Woodward. Uh, I think it's Aiden Woodward, a Dutch Girl Donuts. It's a staple of Detroit. 
unreal donuts. Like, don't get me wrong, great donuts. But I just want, I don't want, I don't want a donut. Like a donut's a dessert. I want a bagel. I don't want a donut in the morning. I respect that take. I, I don't uh, have any qualms with that. Yeah. More specifically, a turkey Havarti bagel from Bigby. Ooh, on a everything. I've never had Bigby food. Do I need to get tapped in with Bigby food? Get a go there and get a either get the breakfast sandwich if you construct it or get a turkey Havarti bragel on why? why do you keep calling it a bragel? They that's what they call it, a bragel. Why? What is it? It's 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 like it's a it's more it's not a breakfast sandwich because it's like there's hand there's turkey on it and Havarti cheese and everything bagel and they call it a bragel. So it's supposed to be a breakfast bagel bragel? But it's not breakfast though. But that why like I'm trying to understand why it's called a bragel. Are they combining the, breakfast and bagel? Ask our big B rep. I don't know. We might need a new sponsor for one big thing. If that's bragel, we're going bragel now. Wait till uh, you have one. Yeah, I'd, I'll have to try one. I'm willing to try one. Um, hmm. I was fluctuating between a couple different options for one big thing today. Thought I would really just know in the moment where I want to go with this, and um, got a lot of big things on your mind. Kind of. I don't like. Do I want to go real? Do I want to go funny? I got a couple different options here. Do I want to go gambling? One of them's gambling. I'm gonna go real. I'm just gonna go honest. So Cart knows this already, but um, I was on the tenth fairway yesterday and got a phone call from my wife. Uh, which any any man who golfs who has a wife and a child knows that if you get a phone call during your golf round, that's probably not a good thing. So I answer the phone and all I hear on the other end is uh, like hyperventilating crying. My daughter's 10 weeks old. So I'm freaking out. I'm like, what? Like what? 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 I'm like probably screaming what on the fairway. Come to find out um, just a little fender bender. Wife got hit in the car by a different driver. It was all the other driver's fault. Just bumped into the back of her car. Daughter's totally fine. Wife is totally fine. But she was calling me like right as it happened because the other driver like hit and ran, like just drove away. Um, so she was waiting for the cops to get there. But let me just say, like, there's probably people listening to this that might know this already. Holy shit, the like the level of fear and paranoia that I felt in that moment is a sensation I have never ever felt until being a father. And it's so scary. Like it has, I've had a smooth first 10 weeks, but like that moment totally redefined, like, oh my God, if something ever happened to this being, like I would just break. And now I have to live with the weight of like, I'm terrified that's going to happen again. Like it is so scary. And I just need to say that out loud. So I also didn't yeah. finish my 18, which is sickening. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> and you were also three funny, which didn't help. I was playing. I'm glad, glad Malin, obviously Murph are okay. But all, it, you know, last thing here, what, it, there is no hit and run on a sleeper wife, and like you think you're good, you're in the clear. <laughs> we're gonna find you, my baby. All right, I'll be imported soon, and it's fucking on. Thank you. Appreciate you know. Appreciate that. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow for Riley Fridays. Riley Davis from Heat Check is joining the show once again to take over, and we don't know where it'll go. It's been a great week. Appreciate all the support. Keep the comments coming. We love our comment section, and we will see you tomorrow. Have a great Thursday, everybody. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? 
That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.